Hi again, everybody. Tom Oglesby in the FM 98.3 KCRD Studios live with you and... Colleen Pasnick and Janet Wegner. And we are ready to begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious gracious Virgin Mary, that that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, what do we got in the headlines this week? Oh. Well, Janet, you're our headline leader, so why you know, don't you tell us what you got? I always feel like I go first. You do. Okay. It's tradition. Uh, oh. It's traditiones custodes for you to go. We're first. having Mexican again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, headlines for this week. Um, Fran- rumor has it Francis might issue a second Latin Mass ban decree. Um, so we'll have to see about that, um, especially for religious institutes, religious orders who are traditionally Latin anyway, so that might be like the FSSP or maybe female uh, religious orders that predominantly do everything in Latin. So that'll be a heads up to see what he issues for those institutes. So what exactly does that mean? Because he already issued something that pretty much, you know, clamped down on the Latin mass. So now he's issuing a second document? That's a rumor, so it'll probably be more detailed is what the rumor is saying. And the thing is, is some of these guys, this this actually came from Anthony Stein, and his his sources have been pretty good. So usually, um, if there's a rumor, there's, he usually has something to back it because it ends up being true. But by the same token, if it's not, he says as much. But we have to wait to see what's going to happen there. So this document would uh, be targeted more toward religious groups, not the lay people and... At this, right? point, at this point, that's the understanding that we have. Okay. Yeah. Because I had heard a rumor that the next one coming out... See, rumors are flying all over the place. Yeah. I heard the uh, rumor that the next one coming out is going to allow for intercommunion. So people of other faiths could receive communion, because that's what the German bishops in the Synod want. Or divorced and remarried can receive with no annulment. That's what I heard was coming out. It might be a both and instead of neither oh, or. Maybe. So how does that connect to the... Tridentine Mass, um, or is this a, a separate? I think this would it, be in a lot of these institutes. Obviously, like the FSSP, that that Mass, that order says everything in Latin, so the it's all Latin. Yeah, I, mass. I, I get that. I yeah. get that. But what Colleen said with respect to the German bishops who have been honking that horn for a while, a while, Forever. years. Yeah, I think it maybe is just another. Um, you know, attack on tradition. Well, it's beyond a, an attack on tradition. It's an attack on doctrine. Right. Yes. You're right. It is an attack on doctrine. But you who's can, been leading you can, the way? You cannot give the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist, to people who are not Catholic. You St. Paul says that clearly. Right, but who... Okay, so this is right up the Germans' alley. This is what these German bishops have been touting and promoting for so long. They want this. And it seems to be that they have the ear of Pope Francis. And the thing that makes me think maybe it's true is because you all talked last time about that um, wooden table, Luther table, in the Vatican Vatican with the upside down. 
at St. Joseph altar. I had finally forgotten about that. I got a good night's sleep, and now she's brought it again. Yes. So that's why I think, well, maybe there is something to it if they put a Luther table in front of the communion rail, the St. Joseph altar, see your St. Joseph. St. Joseph Chapel. St. Joseph Chapel. Yeah. Um, Maybe there is something to it. So we'll have to wait and see. So that's, that's one headline. It just the never rumors, goes away. The rumors. The, the rumors, rumors are soaring. You're not making these up. I'm not no. making, I've heard of no. all rumors. Okay, all right. Yep, yep exactly. I could, we could start a rumor. Give me a better headline. I lost it on that one. <laughs> well, another headline was with came from Matt Fraud interviewing Bishop Strickland, talking today about today's Catholics are angry with church leadership. Angry? What do we have to be angry about? Come on. <laughs> I tell you. I have a lot to be angry about, but I keep offering it up. You know, last last week we talked about offering it up. I have to pick up my cross on some of these things because we're not getting the leadership that uh, we deserve from our bishops and our church leadership. And, yeah, and for a moment there, for doctrine. a moment there, it was uh, oxymoron. Yeah, and you talked about doctrine. That's what people are upset about. Is because it seems like we're going away from doctrine. And a lot. Well, of, when yeah. when's it been? presented when's it been preached when's it been right i mean everyone's afraid of you know offending the person in the pew but i think one of the other things that catholics are mad about in general um are are things like father altman being forced to resign with no specifics of why or what he said that was divisive or ineffective and yet monsignor burl of the same diocese who used the um hookup app to meet with other men a thousand times a not just app. once or twice he's still a priest in good standing i think that's why the people are going what in the world is going on with our church that's well look at look at example. the uh look at the phone calls and the emails we're getting here mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> that would be the headline in it here they are very angry we're talking within 200 miles of this small little burg dubuque well and then you know another thing that's making people angry is Jesus gave us free will, but the bishops are forcing us with their tone and with their rhetoric, just really, really telling us to get the, the You know, the and shot. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up here because the, um, was it a, in the recent past, a couple of years here, the term clericalism mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. come to the fore, and it's been a difficult concept word to define isn't it what what is clericalism but what you just said is at least one definition thereof clericalism right so repeat it well you're you're too stupid we're going to tell you what to think you 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 can't think for yourself you can't assemble for yourself you can't uh critically think for yourself and uh, it's such a condescension yeah and the thing is is that thanks be to god for technology and studious people that have fallen in love with Christ who have just gone down the path of studying more, you know, scripture, reading the saints, reading the lives of the saints, knowing the catechisms back and forth. The conversions of so many Protestants that have converted to the Catholic faith in the last 20 years is just incredible. And these people aren't stupid. They came into the faith because they wanted to know what was going on so that they could understand why they maybe were in error. And now they know the truth and they are on fire. And there is a lot of them. And I think the bishops take that for granted, or they dismiss them, or they, there's just nothing. I, I don't get it. I think on some level the bishops are protected. They just don't live in the real world. 
Well, that could be true. I mean, I don't think some bishops even know some of the stuff that's going on, either because they're, no one will tell them. You know, it's kind of some bad news, like, hey, everybody's ticked at you guys. Either no one wants to tell them that, or they don't want to hear it, so they just look at internal things that they can kind of control and do things about. Well, and, and part of it is, you know, a little bit of innocence on their part, because a lot of priests, religious bishops fall into this, especially if you're in a cloistered monastery. You're away from the world for a reason. That's to, to be with Christ. So you're not going to be attuned, like if you were living in a, in a marriage with a family, and you're having marital problems, and your one kid is hooked on drugs, and your other child is... I thought they were supposed to sniff the sheep. They're supposed to. They're supposed to smell like the sheep. Smell like the sheep. All right. Sorry. That's a good clarification. No sheep sniffing going on around here. Strike that from the minutes. cow tipping, but no sheep sniffing. All right. Yeah, that's... I'm sorry. I lost your train of thought there. Go ahead. I don't know. That train of thought just went down the tracks. But um, so anyway, that was, we're kind of getting into the headlines. Another headline, I would encourage everybody to take a look at this. Um, John Henry Weston interviewed one of the producers for a new film documentary, Cameron O'Hearn, and it's an epic film on the Latin Mass, and mm-hmm. it opened up last night. I watched it. It's free. You can um, go on YouTube or your favorite way of watching these types of things, and the name of it is Mass of the Ages, and that's maybe a plug more than anything. But um, that was... Is that is that allowed in the modal proprio? So you know, far. Yeah, so far. Perfect timing. Right? The modal proprio says you can't attend, but it doesn't say you can't watch them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if the bishops don't cancel you, YouTube will. So, you, so far it's still up. Very well produced. It's very well produced. I'm not sure how many are going to be in the series. They talked about more than one. Correct. Right? That was 45 minutes, so maybe the series is just going to be three. I I thought it was curious. Our old friend, Monsignor Eugene Morris from St. Louis, was uh, was live and centered. And I love his articulation. He is a great speaker. He is. And and he doesn't look like he's aged. Monsignor Morris was in Dubuque at the... Fatima Centennial at the Grand River Center, which was by, uh, we've had a few people tell us it was the largest Fatima conference, 1,100 attendees. In the country. In the country. In the country. It, that's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. So, yay, little Dubuque. Exactly. Exactly. Bigger than the big cities. One of the things that did come up in the film, and please, everybody go watch it. It's, it's enjoyable. Um, and it's just a nice documentary. But he talked about his personal experience, how... Um, when Cardinal Burke came there, he thought he already assumed that uh, Morris Morris already um, knew how to pray the Latin Mass, and he didn't. And he talked about how he learned, and and Cardinal Burke stumbled said, and fumbled, stumbled and fumbled. But he said now one of the things he said is he just wept when he realized the power of the prayers and and what he was able to do, and he never had that experience before, and and that really hit my heart hard because, you know, I think I told you guys it. It, it took me a long time to get into it, but once I got into it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is changing my life because it's changing my relationship with Christ to be one more intimate with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm finally starting to scratch the surface of what that means. Mm-hmm. Give the name on the uh, website again here so people can look that up. If you just go to um, LifeSite News with John Henry Weston and um, Mass of the Ages, that should be fine. Mm-hmm. The other priest, that, well, bishop that they spoke with was Strickland. And yeah. he, too, talked about when he first learned how yeah. to pray the Latin Mass, how he was so 
touched by the beauty of it that he almost teared up yeah during it so yeah no it was it was very well done that's a beautiful thing but you mentioned cardinal burke when he went to st louis and um assuming that monsignor um eugene morris already knew the latin mass so speaking of cardinal burke yes Say we got to pray for him. Yes, yes we he's do. He's got Please. COVID, and he's on a ventilator. And I heard on um, the Feast of the Assumption that they had taken him to Mayo Clinic and that his situation was delicate. That was yeah. the word. So used. as of this recording, when this will be aired here, we pray for Cardinal Burke and hope by the time this does air that he is still with us here. What and a great, a, great... No, he's, he's an awesome Cardinal, and... You know, he's he's one of our own. He's from, um, is it New Richland, Wisconsin? Richland Center. Richland Center, that's what it is. One of the Dubia brothers. One, one of the, the Dubia, Dubia brothers. brothers. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I called the shrine yesterday, I think it was, just to verify the rumors and the news clips. And they said, yes, he's put on a ventilator and he's asking for prayers, but not only for himself, but for everyone who has COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's so like him. like him because he's such a humble, beautiful man. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I just, I've been offering up my rosaries and, and chaplets for him, and I would invite people to do the same. He's just one of the good ones. He's a solid, solid man, an excellent vocation to the priesthood and the, and the Catholic faith, and uh, just can't say enough about him. Yeah, now he had his big conference at the end of July up there. They always right. have it at the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse. And then the following week, August 5th, he said the Latin Mass, I think it was on the Feast of St. Lawrence. Um, he had the Latin Mass there at the shrine, and then he must have gotten it right after that, mm-hmm. because a week later they said he tested positive. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So it's in God's hands, but um, we need His voice. So Lord, I ask you to please, he- please heal him miraculously and save him. Um, your will be done, but please hear our prayers. Amen. Yeah. So uh, other headlines, I mean, we have the continued headlines with COVID and the Delta variant. And didn't you say that you heard about a Delta oh, plus yeah. variant? For, no, first it goes Delta, then Lambda, then Delta plus. So it's so interesting. Yeah. Well, I think they should issue a moto proprio uh, outlawing Greek. Right. Because they've outlawed uh, Latin. If we just get rid of the Greek... We'll be done with this. So what would you call them, Tom? Well, hang on a second. You know what? Well, I, th- I think if you, if, you just, if you just outlaw them, they won't exist. <laughs> there you go. Maybe it's in unison with everyone going back to school, especially colleges now. Maybe they're rushing because it's Greek week. Oh, maybe it's a sorority fraternity thing. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Could be. But Wear how come they're not mask. going in order? Yeah. So it's Greek first, and then it's out of order, and now they're adding plus to the, I don't know. Why don't they just do like hurricanes? You know, yeah. Maybe this is Virus like her d- variant Fred. Alex, Why don't we Bob, just do that? Catherine, David, <laughs> right? Elizabeth. Right? Yeah. It was the Mickey Mouse Club, wasn't it? When they held up the magic wand and said, I see Cubby, I see Susie, I see... I'm dating oh. myself now, aren't I? All right. Yes. Nobody remembers yes, what we were talking about there. <laughs> um, another one was just, just some notable people in the headlines that have been approaching their city councils or their school boards or so on and so forth but a couple of interesting ones was matt walsh and then also dr dan stock and dr dan stock is from indiana and he really had a very charitable way of approaching the group of people that he was speaking to and as a doctor he was saying the cdc is not paying attention to the science 
and that everything that they're recommending is contrary to science and that the CDC is ignoring the science in regards to COVID and the Delta variant and so many things that they're I saying. think that statement's misleading. They're not ignoring the science. They've manipulated the science. That, I think you're right. They, they already know the science. They are the studies of the CDC, which, as I heard the doctor today say, it's the Centers for Disease Creation. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. And then a bit of good news yes, came please. out of Colorado. Please. The bishops in Colorado have rejected the vaccine mandates. Good. And they're also offering to help people um, with religious exemptions if they need them. Oh, talk a little bit about that. What do you mean a religious exemption? Well, there's a couple of letters out there um, that if you are, let's let's take it on our local level, both hospitals are now requiring the employees to be vaccinated by such and such a date, either October or November. November 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of people may be considering that they don't want to get the shot, um, but how do I go about this? And there is a letter um, that, there's a couple of different letters because they have different formats that basically helps you and aids you to say that uh, um, because of my my religion and my faith and my beliefs, I would like to be exempted from being having to take this shot. And and the letters, I mean, there's a few of them that are out there and they're kind of creative. One is um, that I looked at was from a military perspective. Mm -hmm. And then another one that I looked at kind of puts the person requiring it um, on the hook. So, for example, let's say, Tom, you're in a company that says we're requiring our employees to be vaccinated by November 1st. And I say, well, because of my religious exemption, um, I'm open to taking the shot, but will you guarantee me that if I take the shot that you will um, pay for any abnormal things that come out of my life medically? Will you take care that they make parameters happen that's basically putting the uh, legal responsibility on the party who is mandating exactly the you know are you going to and and if i die are you going to provide for my family right and i think that's a good thing to consider well you know there's no liability for the vaccine makers none 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 you have no recourse no recourse and i think that is so important that you brought that up colleen because people are just thinking that well just get the shot it's just like the flu shot no it's not and what people are forgetting is our medical field their credibility is on the line as far as i'm concerned because what i'm learning is so many medicines that we use today they came to fruition via aborted baby parts what in the heck is wrong with our society Mm. what is wrong with the medical field who was given the call a vocation mind you to heal people so you kill somebody so that we can use their cells to advance medicine and maybe heal somebody else? No, we talked about the double effect last episode. That's just wrong. It's wrong. Well, that's a good spot to take a break here since Janet's got to come up for air. <laughs> Janet's with us, Colleen. I'm Tom Oglesby. This is The Chatter. We'll be back after these announcements on FM 98.3 KCRD. Hi again, everybody. Tom Oglesby back with you in the FM 98.3 KCRD studios. We've got Janet Wagner with us and Colleen Pasnick. And we uh, did we get through all the headlines? Not quite. Well, I wanted to make sure that you each had your headlines that we talked about. Tom, did you have any? I had a rough week. You had a rough week? Yeah. Okay. I'm still stuck on the uh, poor Catholics in China. I can't get over that. Haiti is being... Um, 
really. 1,200 dead? 1,300? Just just a terrible human tragedy. And um, it's going to be worse over in Afghanistan here as we um, see a total meltdown of reality. You know, the, 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 um, the most vulnerable are, at this point, very vulnerable. You know, if you're, if you're a young woman, if you're an old woman, this is no place to be. Afghanistan, you're talking Afghanistan. about. Afghanistan, no. And also in our country, um, we were talking about it earlier um, off-air about uh, the... Um, no, I don't remember what I was going to say about that. Um, okay. Go ahead. Welcome to your senior moment. Yeah, I'm having a senior moment. And you're the youngest of us. I Take know. a pill. Take a pill. <laughs> Maybe I should get a shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the headline that um, I brought to the table tonight was, y'all, we made uh, national news. How did we I, make national news? I don't know if it's in a good way or a bad way, but uh, there's a blog out there called canon212.com. Oh, yeah. They're a good blog. Yeah. Frank Walker is the guy that runs it, and he it's kind of like a Reader's Digest. You know, he'll pull uh, headlines, and he'll, you know, you can find out about lots of things going on in lots of different places. But uh, anyway, he had a link to our Archbishop's statement. So that was kind of interesting, because we don't, Dubuque doesn't usually show up on canon212.com. Yeah, and our bishop has had a few statements that he's posted on our Archdiocesan website. I don't know if people necessarily read them, but... Uh, which which document are you talking about, Colleen? So the day that I saw it, it was last week. August 12th is the date of the document. And it is on the Archdiocesan website. If you click that link on canon212.com, it took you to a copy of the statement dated August 12th, 2 p.m. And it's um, the Archbishop um, issuing a statement regarding KCRD's event on September 22nd, uh, bringing Father Altman to Dubuque. And... Remind our listeners why it's so important to know about Father Altman. Um, Well, it's important to know about Father Altman just because it's what's going on in the um, church this day. A lot of priests are being canceled for really no reason given. Um, A lot of people remember Father Parker from East Dubuque. Well, he was, um, you know, told that he had to leave with no reason given, no accusation of wrongdoing, just canceled. Um, and well, so- this ties back to the segment one here when you made the statement true as it is because we're getting that feedback in in kitchen conversations and supermarket aisles uh, where, wherever we go emails phone calls people are tired of the duplicity and the corruption in the church they are they're tired of being told the faith of our fathers is not the faith of today that's right And so I think that's why people are angry. But um, so to get back to his statement here, I think what might be good and fair is to read the statement because lots of people don't have uh, access to the Internet and can't look it up um, on the Internet. So um, we'll just go kind of paragraph by paragraph and we'll uh, we'll read what he says and then we will maybe have a commentary on it. Does that sound fair? I think that sounds fair. All right. So this is his statement regarding a radio station event featuring Father Altman was how it's titled. And then this is his uh, quote. Various folks are asking for a comment from the Archbishop regarding a Dubuque-based radio station and a speaker event it's sponsoring. Now, just notice he never says KCRD, Aquinas. He never names the station. He just says a Dubuque-based radio station. Next paragraph. It isn't a Catholic radio station per se. Its directors are Catholic, 
It airs Catholic programs, but it has no formal relationship with the church or the archdiocese. Which is true. All of that is very true. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's benefits on either side. Right. Right. And when we first um, started KCRD, we we made the decision to not be affiliated with the archdiocese. Um, we just feel as lay people, everyone needs to evangelize. And, you know, and we're not going to be making stuff up. We're just going to be airing the faith of our fathers, that Catholic faith that has always been believed. You know, right. This is not the Tom Oglesby radio program. And we're not experts either. Um, right. But the shows that we're trying to talk about and, and um, share with people, all the programming on KCRD is to deepen some person's faith. Exactly. And bring him closer to Jesus Christ. That's the whole intent of the radio station. Salvation of souls. Absolutely. That's right. So he says, so he says, he goes on to say, to make use of the term Catholic requires the permission of the local bishop, which has not been given to this radio station for two reasons. One, because the church would then be responsible for the doctrinal content of their broadcasts, and there aren't the resources to do that. And two, because that nomenclature would benefit its fundraising efforts. There are more needy recipients of donations. Now, I have an issue with that. Okay. Okay. So, he's saying that it's you can't make use of the term Catholic in, for two reasons. You know, I get that. Um... I don't have a problem with item number one. Item number two, when he talks about the nomenclature that would benefit its fundraising efforts, we fundraise our own, on our own. We don't need the diocesan, uh, diocesan funds, and we don't need the bishop, and we don't need the priest. Um, we'd love it if they would join us because ultimately we'd love to be united because isn't that what truth is? That's what we're doing. Right. So that that's a little um, harsh to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think we've ever fundraised off our pushing the term Catholic. No. That I recall. I don't ever remember doing that. What about you, Tom? No. Have you, we haven't done anything with fundraising no. with Catholic. It's all it's all been bringing speakers and we try to come up with a, a nice program and a nice evening that people would enjoy and that would be open to helping us this, to continue programming. This apostolate is one of the laity and it is supported by faithful catholics families grandmas widows and widowers young young families starting out here and they love their radio station and they love the catholic content and catholic radio is a genre of radio like sport radio like news radio yeah. like country radio exactly right like a catholic bookstore if you are a singer and you sing Catholic songs and record the psalms, you're a Catholic singer. Right, right. If you are a producer of the movie that we just talked about, uh, The Mass of the Ages, you are a Catholic filmmaker. Right, you're exactly right. It goes to the genre, not the... When I hear something Catholic like that, I don't automatically think, oh, that's part of the Archdiocese. I don't automatically think that. I think I'll hear Catholic. Te- I'll hear Catholic teaching. I'll hear Catholic shows. Catholic speakers. Well, there's nothing surreptitious here. This is right. this is straight away. Right. The last part of um, item number two there, where he said there are more needy recipients of donations. Um, again, I think that was kind of harsh. I don't think that's actually fair um, because every individual should be able to make their own decisions about the things they support financially, mm-hmm. whether it's a radio station or a pregnancy center or um, 
that are parish. Um, so I, I found I found that kind of unfair, but he's entitled to his opinion. But sure, whatever. So his uh, statement goes on. For these reasons, the radio station shouldn't in any way be associated with archdiocesan parishes, so as to avoid confusion about its relation to the church. Now, I don't think that we um, are associated with any parishes, right? No. I, don't, I mean, I don't not think that I are. know of. Yeah. No. Somebody might put up a, a flyer or talk about our event um, because our events are incredibly well attended. By the way, how many do we have signed well, up for Father our, Altman? Well, our events are oftentimes made known to uh, Catholics around town. I think more widely is that we make Catholic events, parish events known in all of our media, Absolutely. not just on the air, but in all of our print media and all of our electronic media. Because we support them. Because sure. we support them. Yep. And I think also what happens is someone that is at a parish that has been to an event. I heard recently someone came to something and they had a big stack of KCRD bumper stickers. So I think sometimes the parishioners hear something and they want to leave stuff in the back of a church. Well, look at the well, parishioners have told us that this this apostolate has changed their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've a been to of them. Mm-hmm. They've been to confession for the first time. Their marriage is better off. They they feel they can't turn the radio on without learning something new about their their faith. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been stopped um, by people just in conversation because they know, we see each other at mass or sometimes in the tri-state area people attend different masses because um, it's not just the archdiocese of dubuque our um our community is really quite large and they say hey did you happen to hear that radio program on kcrd the other day i, I never knew that i learned so much and you you got to listen to that so not only did they learn something but they're self-promoting so no, we're not using the parishes to to promote. It just is happening because people are liking what they hear and it's changing their lives. That's right. But we have never implied that we were part of the archdiocese or part of the. We've never ever implied that in any of our things. And I have never, and you have never had anyone, donor, listener, reader, confuse the two entities. Never. No. Never. So the Archbishop's statement goes on to say, um, talking about how the radio station shouldn't in any way be associated with the archdiocese and parishes. Um, This applies, he says, this applies most definitively to the speaker event featuring Father James Altman. So in case any of you haven't heard, we are bringing Father Altman to Dubuque on September 22nd. And I believe we're reaching about half the tickets already sold. Yeah, we're past that. So, I mean, we already had to expand the tickets from 600 to 700, and we've talked to the Grand River Center, and, and I think they'll allow us more, I hope. But no, I, this never happens to be sold this this many tickets sold this far in advance. It's still five weeks away. Um, yeah, and usually so if you they want come your in ticket, the last two weeks. Exactly, or in Dubuque, last day. So if you want your ticket, I would suggest you either call the station. What's the number here, Tom, for them to call? How about we go online here? I'm getting oh. cauliflower <laughs> ear here. <laughs> Although I love talking to people because they, uh, they're telling me a story. And, and categorically, people are not fooled by these kinds of statements. They know who Father Altman is. They know him to be a good and holy priest who has talked about the truth. And to whom is he a threat? 
Well, and he's talking about the truth, which is resonating with so many people's hearts because people are seeing what's going on in society and they're like, okay, why are our priests and bishops not speaking out against this stuff? But Father Altman is. And so the fact that he is, and that's why he's being canceled is because of his tone. But, uh, I've met him. He's one of the most charitable, humble priests I've ever met in my life. Um, granted, his tone is because of what it is, because he's so frustrated with leadership well, like the rest of us. everybody's got a different personality for right. crap. Exactly. I mean, look at Colleen. Right? That's the worst. <laughs> that's that Irish in her. You know, the Irish. Is a... Here, I was going to go down to John the Baptist and his tone, but I guess we can keep it local. Well, look at Baptist. I, I can't imagine that John the Baptist screaming at Herodias and Herod uh, right? was... Uh, uh, not a sight to be had. Right? Didn't you I mean, call the Pharisees a brood of vipers? Brood yes. of vipers, and he calls out, you know, Herodias is, you're, you know, you're with your brother's wife, you know, basically. Can you imagine? It's like a bar scene. And everybody <laughs> wants to, everybody wants to paint our blessed Lord Jesus Christ as this, this milk toast of a man who just accompanied everybody. You know, he overturned tables. He he called them uh, whitewashed wash tombs, white 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 that's a tongue twister it right is, now. Isn't it? What's what's on this? Uh, okay, so he says uh, this applies most de- definitely to the speaker event featuring featuring Father James Altman. Then his statement continues: He is a priest of the Diocese of La Crosse, but not in good standing. I take okay. issue with that. Now I would take issue with that for a couple reasons. First of all, he was asked to resign from his parish, so he had to move out along with his ninety-year-old parents. But he is arguing and fighting this because he's not it's been accused appeal. of anything. It's under appeal under canon law. Yeah, so afford him this appeal. Right. You know, why I thought innocent under the bus. until guilty, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, it is true that he can't say Mass, and, and the Archbishop's statement goes on to say, as a consequence, he may not celebrate Holy Mass or the sacraments in the Archdiocese of Dubuque, but I have to say, that's not why we're that's, bringing him. That's, that's right. We're bringing him to speak. We're, no one ever mentioned that he was going to have Mass or the sacraments. That is a good point. So, and it should be noted, we're bringing him to speak. We've been doing speaker series since 2015, on average two a year, sometimes three or four. So we've done multiple. Multiple. And when we invited dozen him. dozen or 20. This priest is the most requested guest speaker by our listeners, the faithful Catholics who are supporting Aquinas Communications, have requested Father James Altman coming to Dubuque. We heard you loud and clear, and we have been negotiating with Father Altman uh, since 2020. This was the first available time in 2021 when we could get him on his agenda and our agenda, and we're happy to do it. And we're not going to renege on our agreement with Father Altman just because somebody doesn't want that. Well, right. the other and thing when that's we, interesting. When we invited him, there wasn't, all this had not happened. No. So it's not like we are trying to bring in the most divisive person we can find. When we invited him in, he had all the support of his bishop. Right. Because it was just, it's part of planning. And the support of the faithful Catholics here in the Tri-State. Some of which have gone up to La Crosse to go to his parish. I have. Many of us have. Yeah. Um, because he speaks the truth, and he's inviting, and, you know, and a lot of it is he had, I think, 50 new families come in. Um, 
how many other priests locally had 50 new families come in to their parishes in the last uh, year? So that's effective. I would say that's effective. And not only that, let's measure that against the cancellation of mass in our diocese. And how many, um, what's the attendance like at these, these masses recently? Is everybody going back to church now? No, I don't think so. Because, you know, quite frankly, the leadership in the church, when they canceled mass, basically set a precedent and told people, you don't have to go. It's really yeah, not but that's that not the story thing. on that. That 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 only talks to the one out of four that were coming before the uh, lockdown. Well, the the uh, church, which we've talked about, is is uh, three out of four weren't coming before then. That's right. Is there right. more to the letter? There's just a couple more paragraphs. So I will I will finish them out and we'll finish up this segment. So the archbishop continues. Uh, speaking about Father Altman here, he said, at a recent speaking event, he stated that some Vatican II documents are, quote, bad news and contain, quote, sketchy stuff, which he says opens the way to heresy. Well, I got to say, uh, there's been a lot of heresy since Vatican II, okay? There has been. That's a true statement. That's a true statement. Now, whether or not it was said in the Vatican II documents or not, that's, you could argue, implementation versus what the document said. But the fact is, look at the German bishops now pushing for intercommunion. Well, there's context. Context is being ignored here. Yeah. Context is being re, uh, ignored, and we're not looking at the specific Vatican II statement that was made here. To make, a, right. to make a general statement and draw a specific conclusion is is uh, unfair. It is very unfair because he. you're right. He does not say what um, Father Altman yeah. said was bad news if, and if you If you heard something and your alarm went off, you should be able to... document a chapter and verse exactly exactly what else is so that's very vague so the next statement the next paragraph says he meaning father altman went on to say that bishop Barron is in error for teaching from those documents and that he should take back what he said or be thrown out of the catholic church again tom to your point well what did bishop Barron say yeah chapter and verse time I mean, which time this is a totally different conversation about bishop Barron. i mean talk about bordering line of heresy not that we want to go down that path, but the point is, is that what do you say? What are you pointing what to? What did he say? Exactly. So then um, the next uh, paragraph says, if that wasn't bad enough uh, about what Altman said about Bishop Barron, if that wasn't bad enough, the room full of Catholics who paid money to hear that priest speak hooted and hollered, clapping loudly in approval. I don't think he knows how mad people are. And uh, how big that number is. Yeah. If I was in that crowd, I'd be, I'd be guilty of that. Well, and, and right, and um, also, you know, to go back to about how he's not a priest in good standing, those of us who follow Catholic News know that there's another priest from the Diocese of La Crosse, Monsignor Burl, right. who worked for the USCCB as the top secretary there That's right. for three years and was on that homosexual Grindr. hookup app Grindr. daily for over three years, and he is a priest in good standing. That's why the lay Catholics are do not trust the church and are mad and are hooting and hollering when Altman says these things. Because we hear the truth. That's because why they're hooting and hollering. We haven't heard the truth in so long that when we hear it, it's, it's worth hooting and hollering about. We get excited when we hear it. Then he closes his letter by saying, for those reasons, but also because the priest claims COVID is a con, which there are many opinions on that, and that it's a sin to vote for or be a Democrat, which their party platform I'm is sorry. sinful. Have you heard of their, have you read the Democratic Party platform? I mean... My goodness, you got Joe Biden who claims he's a Catholic and he's happy to abort children. 
Seriously. Right. I'm, I that's know. against our Catholic faith. So that's how he ends his document. For those reasons, he says, but also because the priest claims COVID is a con and that it's a sin to vote for or be a Democrat, faithful Catholics should not attend that event. That's the end of his statement. So anyway, you know, we can get pretty defensive because we're talking about the truth. We want to err on the side of the truth. And I guess the biggest thing that I would invite everyone to do is for everyone in our leadership, including our local bishop and the Archdiocese of Dubuque, is to pray, pray, pray for all of us to have a deeper conversion, um, to have unity to the truth, not someone's agenda, but the truth, and the main truth to be the truth of the gospel. So please pray for our bishop and all bishops. Well, and I think we need to uh, set the record straight here. The office of Archbishop deserves respect, and we give that respect due to the office of Archbishop because it is a gift to all of us from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it is with great esteem and affection that we reach out to our beloved Archbishop, who we care for very much. Having said that, this priest, Father Altman, we care for very much too. We support all of our priests, and they deserve to be heard. And faithful Catholics need to be given the opportunity to view and hear and see the truth and, um, and, and not have it be uh, filtered and tainted and uh, uh, put in a prejudicial light uh, before the opportunity to go on. Yep. And again, this priest is the most requested speaker in uh, the last decade here in Dubuque. You're listening to The Chatter. Colleen Pasnick. Janet Wagner. I'm Tom Oglesby. We'll be back right after this. We are back in the studios. Tom Oglesby with Janet and Colleen. And um, wow. Wow. Needed a break after that one. We do need a break after that one. Some deep breathing exercises. (laughs) Calm ourselves. What headlines did we uh, not get to? Well, you know, on the same day that the Archbishop issued his statement, uh, there was a deanery meeting here locally in the city of Dubuque. Um, That's the deanery of Dubuque, which also includes Key West. um, That since uh, the virus rates are going up, they are going to recommend masks be worn again. I hate to hear that. I hated to hear that too. Heard it from two different parishes. Mm-hmm. That masks are going to be rec- some. One of them said recommended, and one of them said required. So I don't know if they're leaving it up to the pastor to kind of decide. Because actually, I think it was um, on the north end of town. I think those parishes just took their tape off at the end of July wow. and just put their holy water back in at the end of July. So yeah. I don't know if it's up to the pastor or not. Would I think you- it is up to the pastor. I thought that was in a report that the bishop said, but I, I could be wrong. Well, we're just seeing people come back and uh, smile at one another and make eye contact here. Did you notice during the uh, uh, masquerade, they did not, they did not make eye contact. People were, you know, sufficiently, gosh, they were scared. Yeah. Just scared. that's, That's the thing that is so, so sad in this whole case is here we are as Catholics and we have so many people that are so scared. We're gonna die. Wouldn't it be better to prepare for death instead of being afraid of the next life? I mean, it's, it's Jesus we're going to see. Well, get we need your... to get some prayers back on yes. the air here for the, um, I, I, I want to say exorcism. That's not correct. The uh, Protection prayers? Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it, so that is kind of sad that we're going backward because, you know, there's been just lie after lie. Remember a year and a half ago, it was 15 days to flatten the curve. Remember right. that? Just right. 15 days to flatten the curves so that the hospitals aren't overwhelmed. Then that became pretty much lockdown for months. And then it became just get the shot. You just get the shot and everything can go back to normal. And now who cares if you got the shot? You still have to wear a mask. Oh, it's, and this is right on the eve of the schools opening. And right. the schools opening, which here I don't understand this. If you need to wear a mask uh, to walk into a restaurant and you get to your seat and you can remove your mask, then how come the kids can't remove their mask at their desk? Well, the biggest thing for me is it's such a farce. Because if you can smell someone's perfume or cologne through the mask, they don't work. Yeah. So yeah. why are we being required to wear them? And, and I know this is a contagious disease, but so what? 99% of the people live. That's what I can't understand. And for kids. Are you wearing God. channel number five? <laughs> <laughs> Janet number five. <laughs> Yeah, so you do have to laugh at it because it's, you know, it's ridiculous. So we do have to laugh. But our kids in school, I mean, the most resilient of the whole population, and you're going to require kids well, and young folks physically, to wear Well, physically they are resilient. Emotionally and mentally, That's having children point. in their developmental years, I don't care if they're 2 or 3 years old or they're 18 or they're 22 years old, these are still our children. This this is the uh, uh, great treasure of the church. You mentioned St. Lawrence a while mm-hmm. uh, ago. St. who? St. Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence, okay. Uh, who, right before his martyrdom on the gridiron, was uh, told to bring the treasure of the church. He brought the, the lame, the poor, the, uh, the, the widowed, the orphan. These are our children in these schools, and to impact their mental and emotional uh, development under such horrible circumstances will have, we will be paying for this uh, for generations to come. You're exactly right. And kids need those verbal cues. They need to learn how to read a face. They need all those cues and they don't have them. And what we're doing to them psychologically Um, You know, I heard a story about uh, mom and her maybe four-year-old, five-year-old was in the grocery store and the little kid's mask fell off and he had a meltdown and Mm -hmm. he was screaming, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, until his mom put that mask back on him. Now, what have we done to that little kid? It's some sort of child abuse. Look at at infants, though. A, A newborn imprints mother's face while she, he's breastfeeding. Mm Mm-hmm. If mom's got a mask on, or grandma, or whomever, I mean, I think this... it would be mom. I don't think grandma's going to be breastfeeding. <laughs> the spirit of the conversation was going in this direction, Janet, and you've just derailed it here. Let me help you. Welcome to the biology show with Dr. Janet. I don't know much. That much I do know. All right. So mom and grandma are breastfeeding. Let me know when I can talk next time here. Go ahead. <laughs> it's crazy it's all yeah. it's all crazy yeah. so anyway so that's that so um so just you can expect that in your parish right or you can not wear one because right i'm not gonna wear one if i'm forced to wear one i won't go and i think that's how a lot of people think yep i know a lot of people have switched parishes in dubuque to go where the priest has said i'm not the mask police you want to wear one, you wear one. If you yeah. don't, I'm not kicking you out. This is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Well, and a, a lot of the other Latin Masses in different parishes that I've attended, even when it was required before, the people stood up and said, no, we're not doing it, and uh, you can't force us. 
And then the other thing is, is that um, if people want to wear a mask, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think part of it goes back to many of us just do not trust the people that are pushing masks because right. they're the same people that have said the world is overpopulated. Yep. And they're the same people pushing that whole agenda. You know, so a lot of us just don't trust them. You know, what is their real agenda? So I think that's part of the problem. But anyway, we've, mm. uh, I think Tom has mentioned that we've talked about mass and the shot every episode up till now. So maybe we'll just move on. Next. Next. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> you know, it's like never good news next, right? Okay. So the next horrible topic to talk about. <laughs> Um, That's why we try to make. Who's it in fun. charge of good headlines? I don't know. There are no know. good head. We need to start a good headline story. Good news never sold. That's true. So I mean, right? I mean, it's water cooler conversation. You know, it's just from ages ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I came across something from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. They oh were, no! Yeah. Oh, oh no. no! Is right. It could get heated here, so what do you have? Right? So they were talking about domestic terrorists. Is this going to be in relationship to Afghanistan? Um, Or is this similar but different? So when I hear domestic terrorists, I think of homegrown. I think of Americans. I think of the guy that blew up Oklahoma. Timothy Mm -hmm. McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh. That's what I think of when I hear domestic terrorists. Okay, Or I think of... Um, a lot of times we don't hear the stories in the headline news, but people that are yelling Allah Akbar as they behead people, okay? Yeah. And that happens a lot. So anyway, when I hear domestic terrorists, I think of Americans who have somehow been uh, influenced by foreign operatives um, and they now hate the country. Like and the Boston bomber? Yes, like the Boston bomber. Thank you. Okay. So it's interesting that now the U.S. Department of Homeland Security is saying that there's potential terror threat from domestic terrorists. So one of the first um, signs that you want to look for for these domestic terrorists are opposition to COVID measures. Interesting. So it's like, does that mean my 84-year-old mother now is a domestic terrorist? I've seen your mother. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, bad example. Said, Let me feel. Okay, I've let's seen pray. your mother. <laughs> but really, I mean, just to be opposed to the measures that makes you a domestic terrorist, I, I thought that was a, a little fetched. Um, but the second um, sign of potential terror threat is claims of election fraud. Well, claims of election fraud, they are doing audits. I mean, right. they, they right. are doing audits, right, in multiple states. So to think that there was election fraud is not this crazy psycho idea. They are doing audits on it. Um, one, of, one of the great signs of all totalitarian regimes is the suppression of free speech, which happens to be why we have our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Free speech, freedom of assembly, uh, freedom of religion, mm-hmm. to, to uh, go on here, but uh, you know, to isolate people marginalized people in this respect is uh, totally un-American. Totally un-American. And the third one, the third sign of a potential terror threat is to remember the 9-11 anniversary. Okay, well, that was a huge deal for our country. So to remember that 9-11 anniversary or to celebrate religious holidays. Does that mean Mm. we can't have Christmas? Or Easter? Right? I mean, that's pretty vague. Religious holidays. Yeah. Now, this is from the Department of Homeland Security. 
I so, was shocked. I guess I, I'm shocked, but I'm not. I mean, it, look look at the direction of socialism and communism our countries have, has been moving towards. I mean, and, and look at how the behaviors are stroking that communism and socialism. How many people, how many more um, stipends do we need to hand out to people from our government? People need laborers. There is no one to, there's no one to work. I just heard Stimulus. today that Biden is increasing food stamps by 30%. So, so everyone's food stamp is going up 30%. So when you cut that off, what are people going to do? They're going to revolt. Sure. I mean, because they have become so accustomed. It's a behavioral thing. They have become so accustomed to having all these handouts and this freedom, not working a dime for it, and or doing nothing. And then all of a sudden, it's going to have to be shut off at some point because it's going to break the economy of the country. Well, this this seems to me, and I, I've got on this soapbox for the last half dozen years, we're at that time of year, the end of summer, which is marked by Labor Day, and we celebrate it. Most, um, uh, a lot of faithful Catholics go to Mass on Labor Day to give thanks to the Lord, but we were created by God. He tells Adam to till the garden. We are made to work. Human beings, especially uh, Americans are not made to stay at home and get food stamps and helicopter money coming to them. We are made to to work. Paul says this in one of the uh, epistles. Ooh, uh, he's pretty harsh. If he says if if anyone won't work, don't let him eat. Yes, it's right. pretty harsh. Right. But you're right, Tom, because that was before the fall. Mm-hmm. Adam's job before the fall. He had a job. Before yeah. the fall. It's not like labor is a punishment to us as a result of original sin and you get thrown out of paradise and so now you got to, you know, toil by the sweat of your brow. Well, it's, well it's, there's dignity in work. It, dig, here, and here's the dignity here that people aren't doing it. In John's gospel, uh, Jesus says, my father is working, still working, and I am working. What is the work of the father? Come on. We know this. To believe in his son. No, no. Creation. Oh. The father is the creator. Okay. To your point, what was Adam's job? To work in the garden to aid the father in creation. To cooperate. To cooperate. be a, Yep. To cooperate in his, in his work. And so, too, I mean, <laughs> that really hasn't changed other than the fact that uh, God said to Adam, well, you're... Your labor shall become toil. Mm-hmm. That suggests before then it wasn't so sweaty. It wasn't so difficult. We we didn't need WD forty for the nuts and bolts or whatever here because it went easier. Here. Power tools. I'm sure he had power yeah, tools. I'm sure he had that uh, doing that. People are not made to stay home uh, collecting food stamps. It brings dignity to all men and women. Save the widow, save the the uh, people who are less uh, fortunate uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. One of the great signs of civilization is that we take care of more people than than ourselves, but not by the scores of millions to be uh, sitting home here uh, doing nothing. Well, and you know, you, we were talking about mental health of children before. Um, look at the mental health that has just blown, been blown off the charts ever since COVID forced everyone to stay home with lockdowns and mask wearing and take the shot and pushing the fear agenda. There is so much mental health going on 
with people that are uh, struggling and suffering from this, if they would just go back to work, find that dignity. It doesn't even matter what kind of job you're doing. Find, you know, something that you enjoy, even if you don't enjoy it, do something because you're, you're actually helping out society by working. Yeah. Um, and you're helping yourself. And you're helping yeah. yourself. And if, and if you're a provider for your family, look at the good that you're doing for your family. Something as simple as putting food on the table. Well, and the dignity associated with all of that here, you know, in, in the last decades, we put such a premium on a college education and we ignored the trades. We looked down on the trades. Try and find a plumber today. Right. Try to find a good auto mechanic, a, uh, a, a concrete an guy. electrician, an, anybody. Yeah, any, any of this. this. What we have done, uh, not just in, in this era, but uh, in you know the last 50 or 60 years that we have promoted, well, you've got to get a college education here. No, you don't got to get a college education. You've got to get an education and uh, the the many tradesmen and uh, you know look at the culinary arts all all of this here yeah there's, uh, there's so many good things you know what i find funny about labor day what nobody labors that's right oh that's right you got the joke <laughs> thanks for stealing my thunder oh, i'm so sorry i was <laughs> thought you had yeah. something better than that <laughs> Oh, before we start fighting. Are we just about wrapped up here this weekend? Just about wrapped up. What is this? Episode 8 of the uh, Chatter. Good to have you all here. I'm Tom Oglesby. Colleen Pasnick. Janet Wegner. Join us in prayer as we close in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father and and to to the the Son and to the the Holy Spirit. Spirit, As as it was in the beginning, beginning, is is now and and ever ever shall be. World without without end. end. Amen. Amen. And God bless the people of Haiti and the people of Afghanistan. Amen to that. See you all next week on FM 98.3 KCRD.